KJAMS 105.3. It's in there pretty with me. Your favorite radio reverend, Preach Easy in the morning. And now it's my favorite time in the morning. But before we dive on in, let's go ahead and clear the space for the Lord to move in the groove with us. So let's gather up all those challenges, those issues, those problems, those situations we've been dealing with for the past week, the past month, for the past year. Lord, however long it's been, let's just give it over to God now. Just go ahead and exhale all those problems, issues, and situations now. Just go ahead and... Now that we got a clear space, let's go ahead and invite, breathe on in the promises, the blessings, the miracles, the gospel that God has coming up for us the next week, the next month. Lord, if you're willing, we will take it in the next 30 seconds. Lord, the next 30 minutes, let's just breathe in the promises, the blessings, the miracles, and the gospel that God has for us. Let's breathe it on in now. Just... Now that we created a space for the Lord to move in the groove, allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me Preach Easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday morning. That means here on KJAMS 105.3, we're going to be diving into the nitty gritty, you know, answering the questions that you ask yourself in the middle of the night. Like, who am I? What is my purpose? Why did God make me? Well, I believe all the answers to that are real easy because they start with you. The journey getting there, the journey discovering them, that's where it gets difficult, but that's where I come in. As your favorite radio reverend, as the most poppin' podcast pope. Oh yes, I'm on all streaming platforms. That means all you gotta do is type in Preach Easy. You can grab me, or you can find me wherever you listen to your podcast, you listen to your music. Heck, it's so simple, you can go ahead and type it in on Google. Just type in Preach Easy. That's P-R-E-A-C-H. Put a little space in between. E dot Z. See, it's just that simple. And you're going to want to do that because we have been diving in, answering the big, tough, difficult conversations. If you weren't with us last week, then that's the best way to tune in. If you ever miss or if you ever tune in late, you can always catch up on the podcast online because last week we were diving in and we introduced one of the most complex but critical components in Christianity, we started talking about the Trinity. Last week, we started introducing the Trinity, talking a little bit about it, introducing it to those who may have missed a few Sunday services, but now we are diving in and focusing in. We are starting off going deeper into our deep dive onto the Trinity, and we are talking about God the Father, the first portion of the Trinity. So let's go ahead and dive right in. One of the things that pushes people back whenever it's a new challenge, a new situation, new knowledge or information, I constantly see in all aspects of my life this wall that they hit. No matter how interested, no matter how supported, no matter how intrigued or just deeply driven, this wall appears no matter the circumstance, the story, the challenge, the journey, this wall always appears and it is filled with complexities. On any and all of our journeys, there is a point in time where we reach a point in our journey, in our destination, in our life, where we discover that we simply just don't know enough. When we reach this point, it can feel all-encompassing, as if none of our accolades or none of our accomplishments have amounted to anything, because now this challenge seems to be too much. And despite the efforts and times we've put on this journey, now due to this inability to learn, this lack of understanding, we find ourselves at a standstill. 
Sadly, this happens so often for people on their spiritual journey as they try and be better than they were yesterday and no term leaves so many what they would and soon to be called Christians in the standstill other than the Trinity. The Trinity is a term used to describe and is oh so crucial to the Christian understanding, yet its complexities constantly push out the average everyday Christian. If you were to ask anyone at a Sunday service, they would likely have difficulties telling or explaining the Trinity, and often they would have to result in using examples. There's no fear, no issue, no problem that I find with using examples or using symbolism to try and explain the grandioseness of God, yet there's still this difficulty in understanding. That's what I hope to accomplish today. One of the many examples that you may have heard discussing or talking about the Trinity is perhaps an egg. For those that don't know, I'd implore you to go ahead and check out our last week's episode by going in and just typing on Google Preach Easy. The last episode we uploaded talking about the Trinity will give you a much better foundational knowledge. But today, to quickly update you, the Trinity is simply the understanding that God exists in three persons but in one essence. For many people, that's confusing or misunderstanding largely because there's no definition in the Bible. Sadly, there's no scripture from Genesis all the way to Revelation that simply says the Trinity is. So instead, we have to look throughout all of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, piecing together to understand what the, what the Trinity was and what it continues to be. So we begin and we start with God the first. When we look at the Trinity, these three persons in one godly essence, one of the best examples to understand is simply looking at an egg. Just your modern day egg, if you're at the house and you're making breakfast right now, well, make me some because I'm a little hungry. But if you take your egg that you're about to scramble or fry up and you take a look at it, before you even crack it open, that egg is divided up into three parts. See, it's three persons in one simple essence that is the egg. You got the shell, you got the membrane, and you have the yolk. You got the nice white part in the center, you got the filmy little membrane, and you got the shell that protects everything. See, the first thing you have to do if you want to get through to the egg is you got to go through the shell and that's exactly how the trinity works the first thing you got to get through is god the first aka god the father aka yahweh aka jehovah nisi aka jehovah shalom aka jehovah Sh rahaj aka aka we could go down the list because god the first has so many names but to understand the trinity we have to break it down and just look at the egg God the first exists or the God the Trinity exists kind of like an egg if an ingredient or if some you're making a cake and it calls for an egg you're separating the shell from the yolk and from the membrane nobody or you shouldn't be including the egg or the shell with your pancakes or including the shell with your brownies that's just not a really good taste the idea is not that we don't view the shell as a portion of the egg but instead for a particular need or for a particular job we just needed the yolk and the membrane that's exactly how the Trinity works. Whereas God the first, the God that's introduced in Genesis, the creator that says, let there be light, this God exists like the shell of an egg. 
In the Trinity, three persons in one essence, just like an egg, it has three parts, but it's still just one egg. You got the shell, the membrane, and the yolk, and God the Father exists as the shell, but not just the shell, but everything outside of it. Because within the egg, the shell is the exterior, the barrier to the outside world, and where the shell is limited, God is not. God is the creator and the sustainer, the protector that orders all of existence. See, God the first is the God that we're introduced to initially. God the first is likely the God that the Hebrew Israelites and the prophets of Israel and the predecessors of Jesus interacted with mostly. This is because the spirit of God doesn't directly conversate with folk and just does something or interacts with creation. This is because before Jesus is born into the body coming from Mary, he kind of appears more in visions and in prophecies. But see, God the first is the one who interacts with most of the Old Testament prophets, stories, and main characters. See, God the first is the one that's given multiple and different names because God the first is the one who's been called for multiple and different things. See, when you have the egg in the shell going back to that example the shell protects from a multitude of not just what's going on and around not just allowing the egg to form and protect but it is also since God is so much greater not just the shell but everything around it God is still organizing and protecting meaning that as creation was being created we were thought about and intended for see God the first God the father has many names for many people, there's this difficulty in understanding when people hear and say God the Father. Maybe it's because they've had difficulties in their own life with parenthood. Maybe it's because they've had a difficult relationship with their own father. So just simply uttering the words has pushed them off and made the relationship oh so difficult. And if you find yourself sitting there in the difficulties, then I got something for you. There's a beauty in understanding that God the Father is genderless. That God the first can just can be just as much God the mother as they are introduced as God the father. In original Hebrew understanding, when we refer to God the first as God the father, they simply do this to show an origin of creation. They simply do this to show the origin of laws, but they do not do this to try and imply that God has some physical parts that reveal and tell God's sex. Or it, they also deny that God is solely expressing God's self in a masculine gender, because these very same Israelites and Hebrews go on to refer to God in more motherly terms. So see. Not only is God this formless, genderless being that can be what we require and what we need, not only is God available to be the shell that we require, whether it's an eggshell, maybe it's a, a tank shell, maybe it's something more that we require, maybe it's a bit thicker than what a chicken can provide or what a turtle can provide, whatever it is that we need or provide or uh, necessitate, God is there to give. That's why God has so many names. God the first is given Yahweh and a list of Jehovah's. You get Jehovah Nisi whenever you need refuge. You get Jehovah Shalom whenever you need peace. You get Jehovah Raha whenever you need a shepherd. You get Jehovah Rapha whenever you need a healer. You get Jeho Jehovah Shammah whenever you need to know that God is there. God the first is the original creator that had created all of the cosmos with care, but in that eons beyond eons, before we were even a twinkle in our parents' eyes, God had already intended and crafted a plan just for us. A unique and special relationship developed with us in mind.
As all of the cosmos was being ordered, as all of the galaxy was being gathered, as light was being stretched out, God was organizing all of these things with you in mind. At times it may feel as if we were here by accident, as if life simply happens to us, through us or around us. But in these moments, when we look at the Trinity, when we look at God the first in that initial instance of saying, let there be light despite existing happily and peacefully in the dark. This reveals to us that God intended for each and every last one of us to exist, to be cared for, and to be thought about. God the first was the first to create all, but was also our first friend, our first companion, and the first parent. God is the shell that protects and forms and is everything else existing in the world, creating all of the cosmos with care and with us in mind. The word says, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, I thought about you. Even before we were formed and before the earth had mass and the light was stretched and darkness was abundant and everywhere, God thought and planned and intended to have a unique and particular relationship with us. This is why God has so many names throughout the Old Testament and the New because God reveals God's self to how the people need God. Some of us need God the refuge, Nisi. Some of us need God the peace, Shalom. Some of us need God the shepherd, Raha. Some of us need God the healer, Rafa. Some of us need God just to be there, Shama. Luckily, God the first is all these things. The shell that protects and buries, that sustains and uplifts us, but also forms and open doors that we don't see, that makes ways that we'll never understand, and moves miracles directly in the path that we need. And this is the blessing, and it's just that easy. This is your favorite radio reverend, praying for you to hear from me again. This is my interpretation and understanding of God the Father. Please let me know in the comments your interpretations, your understanding, and what verses I've really helped you develop and learn who God the Father or God the First is. I'll be praying for you to hear from me again. Signing off.